When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. All right, here we go. All right, talking preps fans, uh, we are here for a brand new segment this year that I think is just going to be absolutely dynamite. Uh, I think it's going to really take the the show to the new level. Uh, we mentioned last week that we're going to make it into a podcast as well, and, and this is what we're kind of doing, uh, transcending uh, talking preps and beyond. We're going to call this talking preps over time. I'm going to bring my man Grice on here and kind of go over it uh, because this is going to be really cool. Coach Grice, um, talking preps OT, uh, you know, we, we all love OT in sports because it means bonus time. You get more yep. for your money. Uh, this is going to be more than just talking preps. This is going to be us taking it to the extreme. Oh, I agree 100%. And I think, you know, one of the biggest things is everybody sees, you know, a lot of these coaches on Friday night. You know, one of the benefits, you know, Guru, you know, that you know about, that I know about, is there's some really awesome guys that are out here. And, you know, I think our lineup is going to be great because we get some awesome coaches that have great experiences of leading young men and have done so at a high level for so long. Even myself as a young coach, I've wanted to chop it up with these guys. This gives us a great opportunity to kind of show who these guys are and give them a chance on their platform to tell you about some of the amazing things they've done. So I'm excited. All right, guys, we got Coach Brian Hales on here. And, and Coach, um, great having you on here, by the way. You know, I called you the mayor. Great to have the – you got to have the mayor when we're starting something as cool as talking preps yeah. overtime. Uh, but I just want to ask you, you, you know, I know that you played at Kent State and, and, and kind of get your background, but I wanted to find out how in the world you ended up from Ohio all the way down here to Queen City. Uh, it's got to be a cool story. So why don't you elaborate that on us? Oh, absolutely. Um, you know, I had a, uh, a roommate and a former teammate of mine at Kent State, Ken Walters, who, um, you know, had a long journey to get here, but he ended up down here punting for the Carolina Panthers. So it was, uh, I want to say I just finished playing. So it was the fall of 96, I believe. And, um, you know, Ken was down here and they uh, he invited us down for a game with the Chiefs. They're, they're playing Kansas City. So, you know, I think we left Ohio, uh, myself and another former teammate and his girlfriend, and um, we left Ohio, and it was probably 30 degrees and snowing around Kent, and uh, like we got down here to Charlotte on Friday night, and we got off the Harris Boulevard Reams Road exit, which is now where I think North Lake Mall is, but it wasn't at the time, and uh, you know, we got down here, we get up Saturday morning, it's 80, 85 degrees, we got people out at the swimming pool where we were staying at, and um just fell in love with the place and you know realized it's crazy to live up here in the snow and the cold when you don't have to so you know when i graduated in december um you know packed up and moved down here with another former uh teammate of mine and um you know lived with him and you know just it, it made charlotte my home at that point but yeah i think the big thing was the weather getting down here 
No, I'm, I can understand you being down here after going up north. I'm from the south, and I, I can't do it up there. So kudos to you for, for even lasting that long. But it's crazy because you've been coaching for a while. Like, fun fact, one of my best friends, actually, uh, Derek Thompson, played offensive line at Providence Day, yeah. and you were his coach. I mean, you know, you talk about how long you've been doing this like that. And I'm coaching high school ball and you know, <laughs> supposed to go again to week one. Like, what the heck? Like, but you've been doing this for a long time. Uh, my biggest question there is what do you think, you know, about football and CMS that's different, you know, than when you started? And what are some of the things that are that I think, I guess, are constant? I'm curious about that. Um, you know, as far as the differences, um, you know, there's good and there's bad, of course. Um, you know, as far as the good differences. I think it's a much safer game than it used to be. And I know a lot of the, you know, the traditionalists, if you, if you want to call them that, kind of bemoan that fact. But it's a safer game, you know, in terms of concussions especially. And, you know, and it was an adjustment, honestly. Um, you know, for myself, for a lot of guys I was coaching with back then, you know, especially when they started taking a lot of those, like, blindside blocks out of, the, you know, out of the game and things like that. Because that was a big part of what we were doing, you know, that 28-29G that, you know, we were running then that we're still running. We went for a couple of touchdowns this week, but that was always a big block on that. Guys like Mickey Brewer and Jared Poikin used to love coming down on linebackers on that. You just can't, you can't do it like that anymore. And um, so that was an adjustment. But like I said, it, it, it's a positive one because it is a much safer game now, um, you know, and just the changes in the equipment and things like that. But um, you know, the way the people are scoring points, you know, is much different, um, you know, in terms of the tempo the teams go at and, you know, just everybody pretty much for the most part is going no huddle now. Um, you know, some of the other differences is the tight end position. You know, back then everybody had a tight end or two tight ends. And, you know, now it's, you know, it's like you're, you know, you out there in the eye formation and, uh, you know, you get some of the young coaches and they're like, gosh, well, you know, what is this? Is this a trick play or something like that? So, um, it, you know, being able to call on some of that stuff is it, fun. That, you know, we grew up, you know, Chris and I at least definitely grew up playing in an era like that. But, you know, definitely changes in that regard and just the way people line up and, and what everybody's running. But, you know, again, at the end of the day, you got to block people. You, you got to tackle people. You got to take care of the football. So, um, you know, those are definitely some of the constants and, you know, the teams that do a great job in the off season, um, you know, are the teams that are being successful and we continue to be successful. Hey, Brian, I got a quick follow up and I also want to add something else kind of to that same point. Uh, you know, you mentioned, you know, the differences in practices, you know, back in the days, you know, we'd have the Oklahoma drill almost every day and, you know, you wore four pads and every day and you know it was there was no slow days well today most teams practices in shorts anyway uh so you know I, I know that that is a much safer alternative than maybe the old days but you know the question i want to ask also is i know you are a three sports player which i totally promote and, and want all the young guys out here to play and even ladies uh, but, but how do you feel and maybe what levels of encouragement do you give your players to either go off and play other sports versus maybe just being in the weight room or running track in the spring or something like that versus, you know, the baseball or basketball or whatever? How do you, how do you feel on that specialization? Man, play them all. Play them all. Um, play every sport that you can. Um, because, number one, you're going to practice competition more often, you know, really. And I think competition is a skill that you can improve on. So, you know, if you go and you're playing your, 
you know, 10 or ideally 15 or 16 football games. You go on, you play 30 basketball games. You're playing 25, 30 baseball games. It, you know, it's just, it, it, you just learn how to compete a lot more. Um, you know, and then to that too, it, it gives you a break from it. And, and, you know, as much as I think people don't like to, to admit it, you need a break. I mean, I need a break from it. Um, and I think the kids need to do that because it's just, it gets repetitive and I think kids just get burned out. Um, you know, and then to that, I think you're around some different people. And I think that's important as well because, a football, you know, a group of football players is definitely different than a group of basketball players. It's definitely different than a group of baseball players. So, you know, I think it just helps you be a more well-rounded person too. So, no, we encourage our kids play everything. Now, you may not be a basketball player and you may not make the basketball team, you know, go out and wrestle. But if that's not your thing, then yeah, be in the weight room and continue to work and do those things. But no, I absolutely, you know, all of our coaches, we encourage our kids, play them all, man, play them all. Yeah, that's awesome. Uh, you know, so kind of staying on this, you know, old coach or, you know, old young coach, you know, topic. I'm, you know, in a situation where I went from a staff at, at Hopewell where I'm the third youngest and, you know, I go over to Creek and I'm actually the third, fourth oldest. So, you know, it was one of those moments where I finally realized like, hey, I'm, I'm not old. I mean, but I'm not the young guy anymore. And that was kind of a funny moment. You know, and, and Chris, I'm sure you had that, you know, that source of chime in there first if you have anything. But, you know, my question is to both of you guys. What is that moment where you realized and said, well, daggone, like, I'm not the young coach anymore. Like, I've kind of transitioned a little bit. Um, right now. <laughs> 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 no, man, I still try to be, you know, I try to act like one of the young guys out there. And yeah, you know, I don't have fun in that. And really that's what that's what we, why we do this man that's why we love to do this stuff because it does keep us young you know and you know it's just just so much fun being out there with those guys but no i think my moment was we were over at the glazer clinic one year and um you know this was a long after mike had gone up to al brown and sitting around the room with some of our coaches i looked to my left and looked to my right and i realized i was then the oldest guy in the room now, this was 10 years ago. i mean i was still in my 30s then but, yeah, I think that's what I started to realize. It. But then, you know, more so recently when I kind of looked around the landscape of the city and realized, yeah, yeah I've kind of been doing it, you know, right now a little bit longer than everybody else. Yeah. Yeah. And, you know, I've got pictures of, of even some of us, you know, at coaches clinics, you know, in 2007 or eight or whatever. We all got dark hair and look so much younger and vibrant. And here we are. You go to the clinics today and you look around and realize, man, I'm, I'm kind of the old guy. And, and, you know, I was I was a, I was on a similar staff, you know, started out. I was the youngest of, of about 16. And, you know, by the time I had worked and worked with a couple of guys on your staff there, Coach Hales, you know, I was kind of a little bit more. Another day is here and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. Longer in the tooth, a little bit older, a little bit more wiser, but not really. Uh, and sometimes I look back and think, man, I still want to coach again. You know, I, I really do. And I think that I may end up coaching one day. And But the more and more I think about it, I want to get there. And they're going to think that I'm like Moses or somebody coming in because I'm going to be gray bearded and everything like that. Right, right. Hey, go, come join us, man. Come join us.
<laughs> no, I love it. And, you know, kind of staying again on this, you know, it's one of those fun things I like. And even for me, you know, I talked about my transition, you know, my receiver coach, you know, right now is in his mid twenties. And like, I have to kind of remind myself, this guy's really, you know, a, a young guy, but you know, it kind of, it kind of gives you that great perspective. You know, let's talk about a couple of young guys you've worked with, you know, you, you've been working with, of course, for a year with current independence head coach, DJ McFadden was on your staff a little bit. Now you have, you know, he's a, he's a young old guy. I call him in trip stone where I feel like he's been coaching for 30 years his dang self you know if he's not even and he still he's looks young old. by the way yeah yeah and, and you know that you know that can be hurdles and I, you know you hear some older coaches talk about that can you talk about you know how it has been to work with them because i mean they're great coaches and we know that you know while dj's already got his head coaching job we know trip stone's next up i mean you know he's, he's that good of a coach but i just was curious about your experiences working with them and how it shaped you as a coach oh man and it you know, in talking about those guys, I've been lucky to coach with so many great guys. You know, yeah, going back when I started there at Butler with Shaughnessy and Newsom and those guys. Yeah. And, you know, we could get into that part later because I do want to answer your question here. But, you know, being able to work with, you know, Tripp and DJ, it's just been, it, it was great. It, you know, it was great because, you know, being able to bring in guys that have been in other successful programs. Because um, that was something we didn't have a lot of. You, you know, we had a lot of you know, really homegrown coaches, you know, so to speak, at Butler where, you know, I think we've got three guys on our staff now that played for us. So, you know, a lot of guys that kind of came up through our system. Um, but to be able to bring guys in, you know, that have had the success that, you know, Tripp and DJ have had at some of their stops that, you know, to be able to get their perspective and some of the things that they've done successful, um, you know, it, it's been really neat. It, it's been really neat, you know, and then to, you know, to see their energy and, and the passion they put into it. Um, you know, we've really been blessed in, you know, the short time that DJ and, you know, DJ Rankin as well was with us. But, um, it, you know, to have Trip with us has just been, it's been such a blessing to me because I haven't thought about defense for five seconds since Trip got over there. So <laughs> it's really nice to not have to worry about that stuff. And really, yeah. You know, going back, you know, my whole time at Butler, um, you know, that's been a great thing about the head coaches. You really haven't had to worry about defense because, you know, we had Steve Shaughnessy and, you know, Chris Pierce came after Steve and Mike Nam. We had Mike Hawks and Tripp and just guys that were head coaches of the defense where you used to really have to worry about it. Oh, and that's that's a blessing. I mean, I think you talk to any coach and to have a guy that's really dominant and, and really experienced on one side of the ball, you know, seems to make it very easy, you know, for you guys. I mean, you know, like I said, we talked about the young guys. We've got to get back to, like you said, talking about working, you know, with Shaughnessy, you know, having him there, working under Mike Newsom. You know, I want to start even there, like being under, you know, under Mike Newsom. You know, what was it like working with him? I know, you know, my first experience with him, my actual first high school game, uh, at Hopewell was coaching against A.L. Brown, and they beat the absolute hell out of us uh, from my first game. Um, but, you know, he was so gracious and, you know, been a guy that's been super respectful and, of course, as we know, well-respected, you know, in this area. You know, can you talk about working with him and maybe some of the things that you learned to springboard you into such a successful head coaching career? Mm -hmm. uh, Mike's great. Mike's great. Mike and I still stay in touch pretty frequently and talk to each other and text and all that. But, um, you know, Mike brought me in back in 2004, and uh, – you know, he had interviewed. I actually did. I was doing in school suspension. I was the ISS guy of Butler, uh, the 2002-2003 school year. Um, you know, that first year I was coaching at Providence Day. Um, you know, Schuford was still the head coach then, but he didn't have any paid spots. So, um, you know, so I coached over a PD those two years. And then when the opportunity moved up to come into Butler, that's what I did. 
So, um, you know, so Mike hired me, um, I can't remember if it was June or July, and it was a Friday afternoon. He said, all right, we're leaving to go up to NC State this weekend. We're going up there to team camp. So, you know, I went home, I packed my bags, I got in, and when I got there, jumped in the car with Steve. And Coach Shaughnessy and I wrote, rode up to Raleigh together for that. And that was the first time I ever met Coach Shaughnessy, was that, you know, two and a half, three-hour drive up to Raleigh. But, um, you know, just the stuff I started to learn from their guys, and, you know, especially with Mike and his organization. And I can't match it, and, and you know, and that's what the, you know, you got to learn you know, your strengths are, but you got to pick up things from other guys. And Mike's just a, a, a detail-oriented guy and, and an organized guy, um, you know, and that's a great, you know, great part of why he's successful. But, you know, we got on the bus and we were going down to Parkwood, um, you know, for that first scrimmage. And as we were driving down there, he kind of, you know, he turns over his shoulder, he looks at me, he said, by the way, you're going to be our head JV coach. I said, all right, great. So, uh, you know, we kind of went from there, but, um, you know, even when we went up to NC State that week, he's like, you know, you're going to be our offensive coordinator with these young guys. And, you know, those young guys happen to be Jake Charest and Robert Blanton and, you know, Mickey Brewer and, and Eddie Whitley and guys like that. So, um, you know, again, I can just go on and on. But, you know, the one guy, you know, everybody thinks I've been a butler forever, and I have. But, you know, Mark Sanders, who works with our receivers, he's actually been a butler since the school opened up. And he's been working with the football program, you know, since then. He's our head girls basketball coach. He's been coaching track. And so there's actually, you know, a coach on our staff that's been doing it longer than I have. That's crazy. That, that's pretty mm -hmm. awesome. And, again, I think that's one of the cool things about, you know, a program, like you say, like at Butler, where you have guys that have just been there. And, like, you know, in this fast-changing, ever-evolving CMS, you know, coaching carousel, if you will, you know, I think that's kind of revered, and, and we don't get that, you know, as much. Mm -hmm. uh, definitely, uh, you know, one, I kind of talk about, you know, you working under Newsom and, you know, open this up. And I want, Chris, I want your answer, too, because, you know, we're all offensive guys on here. So, you know, Coach, what, will, what do you feel was the worst play call you ever made? Like, the one probably Newsom Newsom probably looked at you and thought, did I make a mistake in having this Hells guys my OC? You know, I think for me, you know, being young, I'll, I'll start and give you a second because I know you called so many plays, you know, out here. You know, I think for me, the funniest one, I was on JV. And, you know, it's that moment, you know, before the sec before the first half ends where you're like, you know, do I want to go for it or, or do I want to, you know, kind of just run the ball and see if we get something and take it to the half? Well, you know, I'm coming in all hot shot. I'm about to be the next McVay. So I'm like, we're going to go down the field with a guy that's never played quarterback before. But we're about to, we're about to rip off a 60-play 10 you know, 10 you know, or 60 yard, 10 play drive in like two minutes. And here we go. First play, we throw a damn pick six. And he, he goes back and scores. And Bird looks at him and says, run the ball. Let's get the, the hell out of here, Grace. <laughs> you know, so that was one of those first moments where I was like, okay, like, I, I maybe I'm not McVay. Let's just run the ball and, and get out of here and, and play conservative. So, Chris, I'll turn it to you for a second to see if you've got something fun too. But yeah, I, I've got well, to real quick. And I've learned this over the years as being a young offensive guy as well as being kind of an old guy. Um, you showed me a young offensive coordinator or maybe showed me, me a first-time JV coach calling plays for the first time, and I'll show you somebody that's going to tell me everything he knows as a coach and about the first five or six plays he calls. <laughs> he's going to just unload the gun right there, and he's going to oh, show it all to you. Uh, and that's just from an experience. Uh, you, you know, you just don't know what you don't know. Uh, you know, I've done some boneheaded stuff calling plays before, you know, going to the wrong side, naked boots against the – the, the field or something like that. You know, I've done some things that I should never have done before, but you know, 
I was never in that position to have to call plays. You know, I was working with a Russell Stone who knows it all, you know, and here I am calling JV t- t- uh, plays for the most part against with a team that while talented only had about 17, 18, 19 guys at, at, at best at times. So, you know, I didn't have to, have to worry about those bad calls maybe as much as, as you do on Friday nights, Mike. Uh, but, you know, I'm anxious to hear it from you because I think you're a much better coach than I could ever pretend to be, even if I was coaching the Madden or an NCAA team on the PlayStation. Uh, so I'm anxious to hear what you've got to say. Um, no, I mean, they're still happening. <laughs> um <laughs> You know, I did one Saturday night. You know, we were trying to kind of get out of there with some of the backup kids in there. And, um, you know, we were playing Oceanside, and they had some really good kids. They just didn't have a lot of depth, you know. But they had a D lineman. He's about six foot six, one, two sixty. And, um, you know, we were just kind of seeing where he was lining up and, you know, decided if we wanted to, we wanted to go away from him for sure because we had some of the young kids in there. And, um, you know, we called for the 29G, and again, it's because it's been a butler since it opened up, and uh, he happened to be on our left side. And as soon as we lined up, uh, Coach, you know, Coach Russell Stone and I, and, you know, all the guys on the headphones are like, oh, this is going to be a problem. And, <laughs> and he, about, he about killed our kids. But, uh, no, and, and, you know, same thing, and I think real similar to what you were talking about, Grice, that first, um, you know, that first JV game that, you know, that I called down at Parkwood, and, you know, calling for this motion. We're going to go motion here. We're going to change the strength and all that stuff. And, you know, the quarterback goes to send him in motion and nobody moved. And I'm like, what are you guys doing? And I'm like, you know, it's this way. You guys got to know it's rip, but, you know, it's yeah. motion. And they just, you know, they didn't. And it's, you know, it's when you realize you just can't quite do all the things that you want to do. And, you know, just because you want to um, doesn't always work that way. Oh, yeah. You know, had a night over at Independence a couple of years ago. Um, that was just about two years ago where, um, you know, it was really late in the game. And we had a lead. And I thought, okay, well, let's just go ahead. We could run the clock out. And, you know, we took a knee on first down. I'm like, all right, we're in pretty good shape here. And run the play clock down. We took a knee on second down. And I think right after we took that second knee is when I realized we don't have enough downs to run this thing out. And we got to, we we're going to have to put this thing out of here. Um, you know, we actually we lined up to punt it, and um, and, and it was one of the Law brothers, and they're big, uh, big rugby, big time rugby players. They play for uh, Life College down in Atlanta now, and uh, we were running out there, and I uh, said, so "Look, dude, I screwed this thing up. I'm gonna need you to bail me out on this. So uh, if the opening's there, just go ahead and keep this one." And they did, and you know, he took the snap and he ran for the first down. We were able to run it out, but yeah, I almost, um, you know, I almost ran us out of a game with that one. <laughs> No, that's awesome. I, like, that's one thing, you know, as we do this, I, I'm, you know, spoiler alert, I'm going to ask every coach because I think it's, you know, you, you have so much going on within a game and it's like some of those little things sometimes it's as simple as as leaving the car door open or something crazy like that, you know, yeah. that, that people forget about. And those are the stories I always tell people. It's like, hey, like we're worried about so many things that some, sometimes the easiest thing that you you know forget about or that you would think you would have in a normal situation you fail to get. But no, I clearly yeah. you've made way more positive and, and great calls in those. But, you know, we always learn from our mistakes the best. Um, you know, but kind of getting into that, I mean, your success clearly is well documented. I mean, state championship coach, I mean, being involved in some of the best teams in the state. I mean, you look at even this spring season, I mean, you having, uh, you know, one of the best teams out there. I will not ask about that punt call, but, you know, we, we understand that you're going to be right in the thick of it again. So, you know, you had so many players, you know, go to college and the professional ranks. I mean, I saw the, you know, the LeMay post about him running the ball in preseason. 
What would you say is your most memorable team or player? I'm going to put you on the spot. You got to choose. You got to give me something. What would mm. you say is that most memorable for whatever reason? I mean, you have the state championship teams. You have teams that maybe were young, but who who sticks out most in your mind when you hear that question? Um, Kenny Bulware. Kenny okay. Bull. Um, I've told this story a number of times. I told it a couple of times recently. Um, and Sean, to see if he's going to watch this, coach. I'm sorry that I'm going to bring this part, part of this one game up, but. Um, you know, we played Providence, I want to say it was about 2006, and um, they had a running back, had a really big night on us. And, um, you know, after that game, Kenny Bulware wore number 17 for us. And Kenny said, I'm going to get that dude. I'm going to get him next year because the running back was a junior. And um, so we're playing Providence at home, you know, Kenny's senior year, and he picks the ball off about midfield. And he's got open grass. He's got a wide open field in front of him. Well, Kenny intercepts the ball, and instead of running towards the end zone, he went and he found the running back. And Kenny went right at this running back with the ball in his hand and just launched himself into him and just absolutely crushed this poor kid and took him out of the game with that hit. And, um, you know, and as soon as he, you know, as soon as he got up from the ground, he walked base. I told you guys I was going to get him. <laughs> um, it was just it was such a wild moment. But that was, you know, one of my favorite moments. Um you know, there's a 2007 JV game um, where we were playing independence, and we probably had about 2,500 people at the game, and, you know, we were undefeated, they were undefeated. Um, Juwan Edwards, Deion Walker, Chris Frost, the guys who went on to become, you know, really our 2009 state championship team were that JV team. And they were going in for the win. Uh, no, they were already up. They were up, I think it was 14-7 to 7 with about two and a half minutes left. And have the ball on our seven-yard line or so, and they snap it over the quarterback's head. And Zach Stallings, you know, he's coming off the edge on a blitz. He pushes the quarterback by and recovers the fumble. And we go on a drive. And I think we, were, we convert three, four downs on the drive. We go down and score. And, um, you know, he scores about, uh, I think there's 11 seconds left, and it's 14-13. And Newsom comes over. He says, what are you going to do? I said, we're going for the win. And, you know, at this point, Independence had won. 70 some games in a row on JV on top of what they had already done on varsity. And we went for two and we got it. And, um, you know, we had to hold our breath. Um, you know, we kicked off. They got the return out to about midfield. And, you know, they had one play to go. Juwan Edwards comes over. He says, Coach, I'm going in on D line. And when Juwan Edwards says, I'm going in on defensive line, you put Juwan Edwards in on defensive line. <laughs> you know, he got a great rush on the quarterback and the kid threw it up and Mark Bridges intercepted it. And, you know, our, our crowd, you know, they came running out onto the field. And and that was the night where our kids realized they could beat, you know, they could not just play with, but they could beat Independence. And, you know, the next night at Memorial Stadium, we knocked them off and ended their, you know, North Carolina winning streak. And, um, you know, so that was a huge night for us as well. And then, you know, I think, you know, one of my other favorite nights was the night we beat uh, Independence. I mean, anytime you beat Independence is a great night. Um, but. <laughs> The night we beat him 61-6 down at Memorial and just kind of just let it all out, just let all those years and all those beatdowns, you know, because that's what they were, you know, when I first got there. They were beatdowns. They were great. But the night we beat them 61-6 down there was just uh, was so much fun. And, you know, I wish we were still down there scoring, to be honest with you. <laughs> well, Brian, I got this question. It's kind of a little bit of a lightning round that I just want to um, – 
to kind of bring up a couple names, and, and I'm just going to give you a one name, and it could be a team name, it could be a person. I just want to get your response, maybe get a little sentence or a paragraph if you think about these persons uh, kind of really quickly. Uh, Tommy Knotts. Uh, the best, just absolutely the best. Uh, Riley Ferguson. Man, the truth. The truth could put the ball anywhere he wanted it to with any speed he wanted it to. Uh, Peter Columbine. Um, You know, he's just he, he, always doing what he's supposed to be doing, where he's supposed to be doing it, when he's supposed to be doing it, and he's doing it to the best of his ability at all times. What about Nate Charest? Oh, uh, you, you know, gosh, the captain. You know, Nate was the captain on 2009 team, and, you know, offensively, defensively, could do anything you wanted him to, and just the epitome of a high school football player. And I know you just talked about this just a little bit ago, and I'm going to just kind of finish this round with this one team uh, because I'm really thinking back to those 2000s runs when it was probably the biggest rivalry in the state, Independence. I mean, mm-hmm. you, you think about them. I know it's your arch rival. Uh, just tell us what you think when I bring up that name, the Independence Patriots. I want to beat them. I want to beat them bad every time. The, the Tommy Knotts, and I got asked, and Langston's a he, – he was part of this madness. Um did, when he had the skit and Tommy fed into this and he called y'all the puppy dogs, how did that resonate with the team privately? Because we know that Coach Newsom, you know, he kind of let it go. And Tommy was great. You got to know who Tommy is. But how did the team take it when he's on the paper, in the in the paper, on the internet, calling y'all the puppy dogs? Oh, it was the best thing that could have happened. It was the absolute best thing. Newsom took that thing and he may have downplayed it out here in the public, but – that wasn't downplayed, you know, at Matthews Ben Hill Road. We absolutely, you know, ran with that thing. And, you know, once we knocked them off, because that was 2009, and we beat them at Independence 31-24. Um, Chris Frost had the strip on the tackle that Alex Pulaski recovered. Um, but, yeah, that was that night. But Newsom absolutely played that thing up. And, no, that was great, man. We were glad he did it. Speaking of 2009, um, I bring up the name PlayStation. What does that mean to you? Anthony Short. Anthony Short. Yeah. He, he was incredible. We had a kid make a run Saturday night, uh, ninth grader, DeQuadre Kearns. And DeQuadre is going to be a great football player. But um, Mark Sanders and I were talking about it. He looked like Anthony Short on that run. Wow. Well, Coach Hells, I just love having these memories with you, reminiscing with you. And, and I'm just glad to know that I was kind of right there along, covering these teams, seeing these guys. Grice, this is your segment. You're the superstar that really put this together. I want to give you the last little shot here. Any last final thoughts for the coach? Yeah, I mean, I, you know, this was something that even I talked to Langston about. You know, even for me, you know, not being a coach that's from here, I'm from Greensboro, so some of the 704 history I'm learning, for me, it's great. I mean, I love hearing this and, and listening to great coaches talk about things that they've done. But even for coaches, you know, younger than me, and again, this is going to be a question we ask everybody, you know, Coach Hales, if someone, a young coach came to you and said, hey, you know, ask this question, what advice would you give them as they navigate through their coaching career? Take your time. You know, and I think that's one thing a lot of mistakes people make, right? A lot of young coaches uh, take uh, make right now is there's such a hurry to, to move on to get that higher job and to move up and to move up. Um, my first year at Butler, um, at Sunday, you know, we do our Sunday morning meetings. I sat in the corner and folded JV uniforms. That was my job, you know, and every once in a while, you know, I'd throw something out there. But I sat in the corner my first year at Butler. Folded JV uniforms, you know, on, Saturday, on Friday nights, I stood up there in the press box and I didn't have much to say, you know. And then, um, you know, after I was there a couple of years, I think this is great advice too. Coach Shaughnessy gave me this was that, um, 
you're always going to have an opportunity to take a bad job. You know, bad jobs are always going to be out there. And, you know, just because it's there, just because it may be offered to you doesn't mean you have to take it. So take your time, be patient, find the right fit. And then, you know, I think the other thing that's critical is coach the other side of the ball. You know, one of the most important things that I ever did for my career, and I was always an offensive guy. You know, I played offensive line in college, and, you know, those two years that I coached at college was on the offensive side, and Providence Day I was an O-line guy. Um, when I got to Butler, I did two years with the running backs, but then I went and I coached D-line for two years for Shaughnessy. And that was just, it was huge. It was huge for my development, and not just being able to see the defense, but to understand what a great defensive coordinator thinks of what he looks for. Um, but I strongly encourage a young coach to spend some time on the other side of the ball. Well, LeBron, I was going to let that be the last question, and I'm sorry to kind of get in, steal your thunder a little bit, Grice, but being the old guy, I'm going to pull a little rank. And I just want to ask one more question. I thought about, you know, why you was giving that answer. I mean, such knowledge you're throwing out there. I mean, just straight up fire. If you're a young coach, you need to listen to Coach Hales. Uh, you know, you and I, we've both been doing this a long time. You know, I'm not going to be around here forever covering sports. You know, is your ups and downs, everything you've had at Butler. I mean, one of these days, Coach Hales is going to move on and retire and go sell helmets or something. I don't know what your your next stage after this is. But whenever that last day of coach, whenever you decide to hang up that whistle and, and go on and hang out, watch practices like I do, what, what do you want people to think of you when they say Brian Hales uh, and, and what he's meant, not just necessarily on the gridiron to the players, the, the people you've taught in the classroom, but but just what do you want your people to think about uh, when, when your day's coaching here is done? Um, you, you know, that they had a good time being around me. Um, you know, that they didn't feel like they were doing anything they didn't want to do. Um, you know, that I had their best interest at heart. Um, you know, that I'd always... I'm always there for them, and that's one of the reasons I think that I'm still Butler and that I'm always going to want to be a Butler because we have guys that still come back. You know, recently we've been selling some old jerseys, and to have those guys be able to come back and, you know, just see the look on their face coming down the field house like, man, you know, such memories here. Um, you know, I just want people to be able to look back fondly and say, you know, we had a great time. We were together, and, you know, we did it the best we could when we were together, and, we just we had a great time doing it. Well, Brian, I appreciate you coming on. Um, I could couldn't have thought of anybody better than the mayor of, of CMS <laughs> football uh, to come on and and spend this first opportunity to talk on talking preps over time. Uh, we love you. We appreciate everything you do for football and for the kids and just everything. And and just thank you so much for spending some time with us here. Oh, thanks, guys. This was fun. And Chris, you know, because we, you know, we've been at the clinics before. I can do this stuff all day. And the stories, it, it's endless. And the names, and, you know, for every Kenny Bullwear and Derek Thompson and, you know, guys like that, um, we just do this all night. Yeah, it's just so much fun about this is just the relationships you build with people and not just the guys who play for you, but, you know, their families and their parents. And, you know, you brought up Nature S. So, you know, obviously Scott and Cindy and, you know, the LeMay family and people like that. It's just, it's so cool, man. And that's why we do this stuff, just because we're relationship people. Thank you so much. We, we've had a great time tonight. Yeah, me too. Me too.